1: Well, let's talk a little bit about colour and more specifically how humans conceptualise colour. We've all seen the internet challenges. Some people see a blue dress, some people see a white dress. Well, there is more information on that. Plus, looking at a rare disease, a rare condition where people can't actually see or differentiate between colours. Joining us to talk about this is Dr. Jennifer Steves, Research Chair in Non-Invasive Visual Brain Stimulation at York University. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Interesting looking at the way that we conceptualize colors and uh, how that all happens. How did you get involved or start working in this field?
0: Um, Well, I've done a few studies in this field, and um, one of the studies that I did have related to an individual who had had selective brain damage to a region of the brain where they weren't able to recognize objects And this is called visual form agnosia. And we did a study to see whether or not color information might actually facilitate their ability to recognize objects and to recognize uh, the visual world and scenes and how natural scenes, such as a forest, have a lot of green information. And we asked whether that might help them in their recognition of the world. And in fact, it did.
1: Hmm. And agnosia, when you talk about color agnosia, what exactly does that mean?
0: So color agnosia is when you're unable to recognize colors and um, name colors. It's like you've lost um, information about your understanding of colors. And so individuals with color agnosia have um, lost their ability to see color because of something that's going on within the brain. And so we uh, process color information through different levels of our visual system. And so you might think uh, that all of our perception of the world and the perception of color is done in the eye. And some of it is, but not all of it. Our understanding of the world really happens once that information from the eye gets sent to the brain. And so within the eye, we have... um, some sensors called cones, and they code different wavelengths of light, uh, blue, red, and green. And that information gets sent to the brain, and regions within the brain then code that color information and share it with our memory systems and other systems within the brain so that we can recognize the visual world and have memory about the world around us and how it relates to color.
1: I find that fascinating in that it must be one thing if somebody kind of loses that ability to see color in that you would have a reference point and you would know what color was because you've seen it before. But what if somebody is born that way and doesn't ever see color in that it wouldn't that be challenging to try and explain to that person what color is?
0: Absolutely. And so some of these um, disorders uh, that have origins within the brain individuals may be born with it and we we might call these a developmental color agnosia because they've always had it and that would be unlike someone who might have had a traumatic brain injury where they've acquired uh, color agnosia later on in life and they've understood what color was before. So an individual who never had color perception might not even be aware that they don't perceive color. Um, And there are other ways that they might navigate the world. And and often they just do this naturally. They come up with adaptations and compensations. So you can imagine that if the world would have sort of be uh, sort of grayscale, sort of black and white, that you might still be able to distinguish between different shades of gray. So you're not seeing the color, but you can at least see what's lighter and what's darker. So that might be one way that individuals might compensate
1: and And I th- think that that's kind of that came up in the study that you looked at or or that you referenced in that case of a, a fellow or a gentleman who had color agnosia, if uh, he found ways didn't he to kind of differentiate between the colors even though he couldn't actually imagine the colors or or see them right in front of him?
0: Absolutely. People you know who have any kind of deficit like that. Um, will use whatever they can to try and navigate the world and, uh, you know, maybe even rely on on others to help them with, uh, you know, distinguishing where where color might be an important uh, feature in the world.
1: So do we know then when somebody, when we see color, and uh, maybe we all agree that the sky is blue, we agree maybe if we're looking at an apple that that apple is red, but do we know for sure that we're actually seeing it as individuals, we are seeing the same color?
0: Uh, That's a great question. So there are individual differences in the perception of color. Some individual, I mean, you can even think about when, you know, shades of pink, you know, and someone else might, you know, say it's a little bit more on the red side or maybe it's got a little blue in it. Um, So certainly individuals might have some differences in the way that they perceive colors. But um, typically, you know, there's some standard, you know, broad categories, but subtle differences can exist for sure.
1: Hmm. And is the research still changing on it or do we, do we, because it seems to be one of those things that so many people see color. We don't really even talk about it or think about it in our daily lives because for for many of us, it's, it's a given, but is it something that we are still studying and learning things about?
0: Absolutely. Um, and particularly because, y- 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 you know, it's, um, encoded neurally um, within the brain from the eye to the brain and as we learn more and more about how to uh, study the brain and uh, with advances in neuroimaging like magnetic resonance imaging and functional imaging of the brain, we can learn more about the networks of where this is being coded and how it's being coded in the brain.
1: And do you see a difference then with different colors, and that are, are some colors easier for people to recognize or associate with, and others different, or we have different reactions to them?
0: Um, we're more sensitive to sort of uh, mid wavelengths than some other wavelengths, um, but um, there's also another type of color blindness that is. Uh, from a defect at the level of the retina in the back of the eye, with where the cone um, isn't coating uh, uh, red and green properly. And so um, this one is actually linked to X chromosomes, which is why uh, men are more likely to have that form of red green color blindness.
1: Well, it is really interesting research. Uh, Dr. Steves. we'll leave it there for today, but thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for your time. My pleasure.